powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Well, that was great for about 20 minutes. It was pretty good. And then it was very, very much not good. I am Fuad Suleiman. Welcome to Game Over Toronto alongside the returning Armand Pantaki. Missed about Welcome back from your trip. How was it? How was how it? Was it was great. Uh, on the flight, Ryan O'Reilly got traded to the Leafs. I literally left, and then when I returned, we have a completely different team. Like on the flight, Ryan O'Reilly got traded, and I landed uh, about like an hour before the game, and it was like 5 a.m. in India, and I had to watch it because you know Ryan O'Reilly's first games. And it's funny because I stayed up to watch a few Leafs games during my trip. And I only watched the good games, and all the ones I missed were complete shit. So, hey, I'm bringing the I line, mean, but I guess we not probably today, should but... have made you not watch this game tonight yeah. because it was quite shit, as you said. But, um, yeah, we got a big show. You know what's not shit? This show. Because we have an extremely special guest. We have professional wrestler and hockey podcaster, hockey superfan Eric Young is going to join us in just a second. Um, but first, Armand, I have to ask a burning question in my mind want to bet then get in on the action at sports interaction the boys of summer are back on the diamond and march madness is on deck bet pregame live and play are one of our many prop bets sports interaction makes it easy to deposit play and cash out head to sportsinteraction.com slash stpn or ontario download the app now using the qr code at the bottom of the screen 19 plus and please play responsibly now Without further ado, to discuss what was a craptacular performance, my friends, give it up for Eric Young. Woo! Here we are. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about cra- craptacular, but I mean, <laughs> certainly, uh, I mean, they're in the playoffs. Uh, they're going to, you know, focus will slip. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's going to happen. And, and I mean... As a true fit hockey psycho, I, I want all the teams to be in the playoffs and <laughs> Buffalo. They're right on the border of that. I'm I mean, they're fun to watch, man. I mean, I, I want them to be in the playoffs. Just in case anybody had any illusion that, you know, the Atlantic division was gonna get any easier next season, you know, some teams might fall out. No, that team is gonna be very, very good. And that city deserves it because they haven't been in the playoffs since what 2011. 2011, yeah. 2011. The and that's and they're an exciting team. Like, they remind me of the 16, yeah. 17 Leafs, like, with just the young talent. A little bit. And just, you know, like, they are such a high-octane offensive team. Like, it really impressed with them. And, you know, to start the game, like, we talk about craptacular performance, but to start the game, the Sabres only had three shots, Yeah, you know, in the first period. I'm that like, was a phenomenal first period. Yeah. And it just went to shit right after we went up to nothing. But yeah, you know, it's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, and I think that uh, what I had down was essentially, you know, the Sabres are playing every second of the game for their playoff lives. You know, the Leafs, as frustrating as fans may say it is, the Leafs already know what's going to happen in about a month and a half. They're going to be playing Tampa Bay, most likely at home. but. I guess that's why, you know, the, you're, you're playing a young, hungry team that is just chomping at the bit, dying to get into the postseason. And the Leafs have like, ah, we've been here seven years in a row. You know, people will only judge us by what we do in April, late April. So 
you know, let him have it. But it was uh, there was a lot of things to not like on the Leafs end. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, uh, you know, we're going to go back to goaltending because it happens all the time. I was watching the Sportsnet feed. They were talking about it in between the second and third and saying, you know, who does everyone pick? And they're like, well, you know, right now I'd pick Samsonov, but, you know, Murray's been there before and whatever. I mean, this is not a this is not a way to gain uh, the players or the coaching staff or the fans confidence with an outing like that. But I think you nailed it exactly is every night is a playoff game from the Buffalo Sabres and the Maple Leafs have known their faith for almost a month, which is kind of wild. You know, part of the reason I think we saw all the huge moves and big moves in the trade deadline or the, you know, the two weeks prior for all for the Eastern conference. I was like, man, what is the, when does nobody in the Western conference want to make their team better? They're not interested in winning the (laughs) Stanley cup arms race. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all on the Eastern side, which, um, as a hockey fan, super exciting. As a Maple Leafs fan, you know, it's it's the same. Remember when we were all convincing ourselves that the Boston Bruins were wild card entry at best? <laughs> they were washed. Yeah. All, yeah. all of us. They're yeah. finished. Yeah. Literally. Everyone. <laughs> no Marshan, no McAvoy, Burst yeah. runs old, Krejci almost retired. Everything's fine. And now they're breaking Aww. records for the most wins in a regular season. Nobody can score an all-mark. Uh, they get Tyler Bertuzzi. Tyler Hall, Taylor Hall hasn't played in two weeks, and nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> nobody that. cares, especially the Boston Bruins. So it's uh, – Yeah, it look, feels like Olmark is scoring more than Kerfoot is. Yeah. <laughs> His goalie goal. It, it, I, am, uh, I will take no part in the Kerfoot slander. I still think he's a good player. <laughs> I love Kerfoot. And also on that first goal, that kick, mm, that was, a, it was yeah. great. That was a great play. That was objectively a great play. I mean, you know, Leaf fans are going to have their opinions about him. And I, you know, he obviously yep. sh- should not be on the f- first line. He's on the first line. Uh, he's a useful player. Because of though. injury. Uh, like, he's a very yeah, useful player. Yeah, very but, useful player. He can't, like, you know, he's having trouble putting the biscuit in the basket. But, like, like the dude is always in the right position. Like, in terms of just the, you know, the fundamentals, he has he has everything in him and he he plays yeah. with a heart as well so you know i i do think he's useful it's just it's been funny how many chances he just can't score on lately he's snake bit for sure yep Very getting scott bit. gomez vibes i don't know if any of you guys are old enough to remember that oh yeah, yeah after do. that uh, crazy contract yeah yeah <laughs> he gets like I one goal yeah that. i remember that scott um, gomez i haven't heard that name in, in years that's a that's a <laughs> throwback of a name but going back to goaltending uh so yeah, like to me, like I'm, I was starting to think that you know, you know, Samsonov to me, I think should probably be game one starter, just going by performance and the length of the season. But I can't help but thinking that Sheldon Keith is of the mind that because Murray has the pedigree, the resume, and they'll go with him game one rather than the player who's played better this season. Like, what what do you guys think is? gonna be his choice in that matter i i hope it's samsonov but i i can see where their their logic may be i think uh that it's gonna be samsonov i i think they they came out to say that you know they want to get murray some games and samsonov is also not operating at 100 percent um i don't know if it's from the shot he took in in warm-ups or if it's a sickness but it makes sense you know you want to like you know, like we were talking about this, we know what the playoffs uh, are going to be for us, most likely at least, unless Tampa goes through a very 
bad spell. Um, yeah, so it's bad, a matter yeah. of getting both goalies up to speed because you might need to use both. Of them. So, you know, Murray getting in games while Samsonov, you know, gets some rest and, and comes back to 100% just makes sense at this time uh, in the season. I think Samsonov has taken that number one spot, uh, you know, through his play this season. Yeah. Eric, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it, you have to go with the guy that's been there, right? I mean, the guy that's played for you. Matt Murray, at the start of the year, I think was was super shaky the first few games. And then he, it's like he settled in. And I can remember, like, reading stuff on The Athletic. And I can't think of his name. He writes – I think he's the editor of In Goal Magazine. I was listening to him on a podcast, and he was talking about how Matt Murray has completely reinvented himself, and he's playing this different style – very similar to what Pecorine did, you know, in the, you know, a lot of people thought Pecorine was burnt and was done. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden he shows up uh, the season he won the Vesna and be, and played differently, but, but was even more of an effective goalie at that point. And everyone was saying, including people that know, not me, I don't goalies or madness it's <laughs> yeah, it, none of us I mean, know goalies knows? very well. Who knows? Uh, so, but the reality is, is, Everyone, goalie pundits and goalie specialists were all saying Matt Murray is going to make a lot of people eat their words. And I believe if he could stay healthy, that that is a real possibility because when he we've seen him when he's at 100% health, he's been good. I, I think like you guys think, I don't think he's 100% healthy. I think his comments is rattled. And I, I think the biggest thing is he's not used to being number two because Samsonov is their number one there. Um and Samsonov being your number one goalie is worrisome. I mean, you took him yeah. off the scrap heap. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, that was such a good contract, you know, uh, like getting him in the bargain bin pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think Murray can definitely bounce back. You know, we know he has the ability. He's already won two cups. I mean, like, so it's a matter of getting healthy and then getting into a rhythm for him, I think. Like, like I know there's been some discourse lately, uh, especially recently, with you know offloading his contract in the offseason or something like that i don't think that's the right move personally uh i wouldn't pay assets to get rid of him you know if if that's what people are i don't talking think you need about. to i i think three million at one year you if, if you had to do that and that's thinking way down the line i think i think somebody would take him i, I think somebody i, would I think he's still positive value like i know four million is a little high for him but you know yeah I also, you know, I was a little mad when we traded for him because I thought we could have got more value out of Ottawa. But honestly, I think it's worked out somewhat decently aside from the injuries. You know, it's it's sort of as expected, uh, you know, and we kind of got assets to acquire him. So, you know, I'm not actually that mad about the trade anymore, uh, which is, you know, saying something because I was pretty damn mad when it <laughs> happened. Yeah. Are you guys worried about the defense at all in this game? Because in this game, I found... The, the big the first period was a defensive masterclass. Like I they I yeah I almost forgot Murray was in net because I didn't see him do anything in the first period. But then you know obviously we saw a lot of lapses, especially net front. Like in front of the net, I thought that Vince Dunn goal. I thought Morgan Riley kind of just got walked there. Like Vince he didn't, Dunn, he didn't even sorry sorry Vince Dunn. He doesn't was play on the Sabers. There's someone named Dunn. Am I am I wrong? Who scored the first Quinn. goal? The Sabers. Quinn. Uh, Quinn. 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 Yeah. Why did I think C. Dunn? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, I'm like, he doesn't play for the Sabres. Oh my gosh. He's playing anyway. right now. He's playing for Seattle. Yeah, he's playing for Seattle. Okay. Yeah, so Jack on the first Quinn. goal, I thought I found that Morgan Riley kind of 
got walked. I, I felt that a couple of the goals, there was just no resistance in front of the net. So I couldn't really blame Matt Murray for a lot of those goals. Like, what do you guys think about that? I think there's a bit of concern there. I think there's a bit of healthy concern I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I mean, they have the depth. Uh, I, yeah. I thought in a lot of spots, Gustafson looked really good tonight. I mean, he was running the power play in Washington, yeah. um, was playing a ton of minutes for them. Um, I know left uh, Daily Faceoff had him listed playing left wing <laughs> on the third line <laughs> yeah. with Lafferty and Yarncroc, um, <laughs> which is hilarious. Because they, uh, they had the thing. It's like the, the third line had like a missing person there. And I was yeah. Because like, it's the 11 yeah. four, The two-person third line. They can't that's format it, it yet. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of that, the formatting of the, the 7D is they're waiting for Matthew Nyes, right? That's, that's to me, that's what's what's happening. I feel like you got to kind of settle on your six that you want and let them play together. Let them solidify, let them get used to, like, McCabe's brand new, Gustafson's brand new. Like, you know, uh, Sandine is gone, who's played with Lingren most of the year, if not all of the year. So there's a lot of turnover. And I, like, as a person who played hockey, Poorly, very poorly. <laughs> uh, I continue to play very poorly. Um, but when I played defense, when I played minor hockey, like knowing the guy that you're playing with was yeah. super important because of, of rating situations. It's not like you can, can talk. You I mean like you can, but like you're busy holding your breath or trying yeah. not to die or you know avoiding <laughs> hits. It's there's not this all this communication. So you just have to kind of know. I don't have to be watching what that other guy's doing. I know what he's doing because I'm used to it. So I think it's a lot of that right now defensively. I have no doubt that they'll sort it out. Um, I, I believe still, you know, Buffalo lost tonight that this is the best Maple Leaf on Beth based Maple Leafs team on paper in 10 years. Yeah. And I've been a fan I think more my than entire life and I'm, I'm yeah. very old. So that's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I think more than 10 years. I mean, this is the best. So, I started paying attention to this team when I like around 2002, I think. And I think honestly, it's debatable about that team too. I think that like they're on par talent wise. And I, that's what I've been saying a lot of the times. Like they have enough talent to do anything to win the cup. They have it. They have enough talent. That's what the, the first round, the second round, any of the rounds is going to come down to. It's the guys that you're paying half the salary cap to. It's going to come down to the core four. Maybe the fifth guy with Ryan O'Reilly, but you know, they, those four to five guys have to be superstars every night. And if they do that, they'll beat Tampa Bay. I, and I think if they were that, they would have already won a first round series in any number of the, of the past seasons. Yeah. And, you know, I do agree on the defense. Like, you know, we have a lot of new pieces and Luke Shen didn't even play this game, but he's back with the team. So he'll probably get in uh, next right. game. And so, a lot of moving pieces are, and, you know, using a format that's 11 forward, 7D. So, you know, pairings change shift to shift even. Uh, it's kind of tough to work with, especially with new guys. And, you know, like, I'm not really worried. Like, Lilligren had a horrible game today. He did. It's Lilligren. We know he's good. Yeah. You know, like, I'm well, not Sheldon worried Keefe about doesn't. him. <laughs> I don't know if Sheldon Keefe does. Uh, yeah, like I'm hoping he gets playoff time, but like, you know, like he sort of, sort of just showed some inexperience, like on all of the Sabres goals, I think the Leafs played poorly defensively. I don't think there was a single Sabres goal where, uh, you know, the Leafs, you know, that wasn't a great scoring chance. Uh, Leafs got caught puck watching quite a bit, 
But, you know, you take it game by game. I think there were stretches where the Leafs played very well defensively, especially in the first period. And then the game just got away from them and they couldn't get it back. And that's a credit to the, to the Sabres, uh, in my opinion, because they very played much so. phenomenally. Um, yeah, very much so. Yeah. They, the thing- they did so well in that. Sorry, but they uh, sorry uh, the they did no, so well in that um in that Jack Eichel trade. If you really think about it, like that was as acrimonious a situation as there'd been. Like you know between yeah, player I and, mean, and franchise, Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck, and then you got a first round pick out of it. You got something else I can't recall. Peyton but Krebs, if right, I recall that's correctly. right. Yeah, so they yeah they did really well there. So uh, yeah, I mean, they have an exciting future for sure. As Eric was uh, was also alluding to there. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I love Alex Tuck, man. Um, yeah. I do a, a show with Chris Meany. We were uh, we both wrote and did a show called Four Stack Lines with The Athletic when he was playing in Vegas. And, like, it seemed like every show we're like, man, like, well, how is this guy not playing more? Like, you know, like, how is he not playing on the power play? How is he not in the top six? And, and it was just like we were beating our heads over, you know, in, into the wall over and over saying the same thing. And then he goes there and he's played uh, on the top line him and Tage Thompson, I mean, two massive human beings playing together with that much skill. Uh, the four check is, I mean, I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want to turn my back to him. You know what I mean? Like going, in, going to get a puck that's dumped in and stuff. He's he's an unbelievable player. My favorite style of player, modern player. Um, kind of like a, a, a power forward throwback. Uh, Jerome McGinlow, Cam Neely, someone like that. Yeah. That's who he reminds me of. But even more skill. And uh, I mean, that's the way the league's going. And we talked about Kerfoot and like statistically, uh, you know, he's not burying goals and, you know, not a ton of primary assists, but what makes him effective is that he can skate and that allows him to play anywhere. I, the Maple Leafs don't want him to play on the top line. It's just, it's just the way it is right now. Uh, I think he's better suited. You know, I would love to see Lafferty, Yarncroft and Kerfoot as the third line. I think that's, that's, That's going to give teams, uh, they're going to give them a nightmare. Uh, Kyle Yarncock is, he played in Nashville for years. Uh, this is where I live. I live in Nashville. I've loved him forever. Uh, I'm Chris Maney said this the other day. I wore my Carly, Kyle Yarncock Toronto Maple Leafs jersey the other day on the show. And Chris said, I may be, other than his immediate family, the only person oh, that owns him. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Dude's got 15 goals. Got, oh, trust me. 15, I'm sure someone else in Leafland. I'm sure someone else in Leafland. I think has, Curtis has from Alberta does for sure. Our, our our guest Curtis from Alberta definitely has one. That's for uh, Kyle sure. Cushman has I a. So. I think it's Kyle Cushman has a a Dennis Mulligan Leafs jersey and he oh, played like. Man. Yeah, so. that is just Excellent. that is that is so that is just irony for irony, which is great. Thing. I mean, I love the Leafs fan base. We, yeah, we stand all these depth players. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Speaking of depth, though, I mean, like, so we mentioned Matthew Nyes before. Now, you know, we've been seeing this a lot. We've been seeing this for over a year now. It's almost like he's this, like, mythical character that we're like, oh, Matthew Nice is coming, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> and I've seen the highlights and I've seen, you know, what he brings to the table and what his profile is. But do we really do, like, even the chat, like, do fans think that he's going to come in and make a material difference in the playoffs? Because he's coming straight from, like, university. He's like, hey, Thank you for finishing your exams. Now you're in the NHL playoffs, right? So, I mean, I'm just guessing he'd be on the third line, but still, do, do you guys, what do you guys expect from him? Do you think fans are expecting too much? I mean, it's tough to say. I think fans always expect too much, but at the same oh, yeah. time, I think guys can make an impact immediately. You know, and players coming from 
you know, college hockey immediately into the playoffs isn't exactly unheard of. You know, I think McAvoy did it. I think Kreider did it. I think uh, Caulfield did it. McCarr did it. Yeah. Like there's a lot of guys, obviously, who are probably higher draft pedigree than uh, Matthew Nyes But there are a lot of guys that have come from the NCAA into the playoffs and made an impact immediately. Matthew Nyes, I think, is a guy whose skill set can drastically improve the Leafs. I'm not exactly sure if he's ready. I haven't exactly been watching a ton of NCAA hockey this year. But, um, you know, with the way people talk about him, like, I'm really excited to see if he's on the uh, on the roster come playoff time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's a guarantee that he's on the roster. Um, and, you know, the producer just brought up, you know, McCarr. That's the most recent thing. And I know you guys watch what happened there. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he even made a with bunch Caulfield. of teams. He made a bunch of teams look like fools for for passing him over. He yeah. is one of, if not the best defenseman in the league. Yeah. Like, so he came straight out of college and straight into the playoffs and was dominating games. And I'm not saying in any way that that's what's going to happen with Matthew Nice. But what I'm saying is, it's possible. And I think that we saw the Maple Leafs. They invested in defensemen. And they invested in bottom six guys. They didn't yeah. go after a left winger. They didn't, you know, they didn't make any real effort. And I think they're convinced that Matthew Nyes is that guy. So I believe he's going to play in the top six. Playing in the power play is probably not a realistic thing for him. But I think he plays top top six. And I think that's where he should play. That's the kind of player. Having someone like Matthew Nyes or Jason Robertson play on the fourth line is a waste. That's not what they do. That's not the player yeah. they've been. They've never done that. And they have to learn how to do that. Like it takes, you know, someone like uh, Andrew Cagliano, like you can look up his stats from junior. He was breaking every record imaginable. And he was this prolific goal scorer. And it had really, it had to do with his skating, right? He is just, his skating was on such a level above everybody else in junior hockey that no one could catch him and no one could take the puck from him because of his unbelievable skating. Then he got to the NHL and everyone can skate like that. And now he's, he's like an energy guy. He's still a great player, you know, like a great player. Um, but you know, the, it took Cogliano years to learn to play like that because he had never played like that. So yeah. I believe that the Leafs are convinced, which makes me to be forced to be convinced because I'm a Maple Leafs fan that We're all he's going to play in the top be. six and he's going Must. to contribute. I think Betting on him being Cal McCarr or or, Cal, or Caulfield or something like that would be foolish. Yeah, but it has happened in the past, and and it's happening more and more. You know, ten years ago, it would take guys from college three or four years to develop to even make it onto a team. Now yeah. we're seeing them come right from the NCAA tournament to play right directly in the playoffs. Right, it, it's happening more and more because that program is expanding and becoming even better. I'm convinced. Yeah. That's it. He's gonna be a star. Go. Let's go. I'm convinced. That's it. That's all I wanted. I wanted. I wanted a little validation. All right. I'm, so I'm as, curious. Go ahead. Go ahead, Armand. Go ahead. Oh no. Comes back before playoffs, and uh, he came back. He came back. And Matthew Nyes is uh, on the roster. Who do you have out, Eric? Oh geez. Uh, I mean, I I think they they maybe move Kerfoot down. I, I think that ideally they may be interested in moving bunting down, right? Like I think part of it was punishment or, you know, whatever you want to call them, putting them on the fourth line. Yeah. Um, 
I, I mean, to me, I, I think he's going to play top six. I, I think, you know, like it could even be with, with Matthews. Yeah. Um, we're not going to know. That's, that's a, just a guess, but by them not going after a scoring a winger, yeah. you know, uh, or a guy that I think they didn't even, it didn't seem like they were even thinking about it. Like there was no rumors about it or anything like that. Like, I think that they're convinced that he can play in the top six. And I, I think that he plays on that top line and bunting can get moved down. Bunting's been a super effective player. Um, and I like having a guy like him, you know, with Matthews and, and Nylander or Matthews and Marner or whatever they decide to do there. So maybe he does play on the fourth line. I, I mean, I don't know, but I think that they want to put him in the top six. It could be, you know, Tavares, Nylander and, and Matthew Nice. Yeah, I could definitely see that. He says no. What, what a Not learning me. experience, right? <laughs> what a way to, what a way. Welcome to the NHL, Matthew. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So Eric, as, as the, as a, the resident wrestling fanatic uh amongst us here um i have to ask so you've been you've been wrestling for about two decades and you've been a part of quite a few factions you've been part of building a wwe part of sanity now i wanted to ask i'm gonna blend your two worlds here which nhl players would make the best pro wrestlers if you were putting together the hockey world order who are who are your top five nhl Uh, wrestlers Someone like Ryan Reeves, who is a character <laughs> and is obviously well-spoken and is a big dude and yeah. is intimidating and just a fun guy. Like, I, I think that he would embrace something like that. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good buddies with him. Talk to him quite often. He's retired now. But Paul Bissonette is made for pro wrestling. Yep. I mean, like, literally Absolutely. created in a lab. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I feel like. Uh, players today, I mean... Reeves would be my first pick for sure. Um, I think someone like William Nylander playing like a a, a super cocky, flamboyant <laughs> European <laughs> male model. He looks like Dol- he looks something. like Dolph Ziggler, like, so he got the Dolph Ziggler look to him. Yeah, yeah, he could be like Dolph Ziggler's understudy or something. Uh, those that that would be interesting. Um, I, I love guys like uh, Will Carrier uh, in Vegas. Is just yeah. you mean like that's. That's a modern tough player and tough. I don't mean like drop the gloves and like it, playing against players like that. It's brutal, right? Like it, nobody wants to play against him and he's having, you know, a career year or two. Uh, so that's why it might be top of the top of my mind. Um, Delorier, super tough dude, looks like a hockey player, missing teeth, like, you know, put a red flannel when he's a Canadian lumberjack or something. There you go. He's like that. Lumberjack. You know? I, 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 I have one. I, I have one that I, I thought for sure would be the number one answer, but I, but I'll uh, definitely Brad Marchand. Like your Brad Marchand oh, sure. would be the number one. He's got the personality. Bad that's guy. For sure. Yeah. If you want to make somebody he gets get it, food. right, like he yeah. gets entertainment, like yeah. on Twitter, chirping Leafs fan and chirping, chirping the angle. Like, <laughs> he gets it. He gets it. And I wish there was a hundred more players like him in the NHL. Um, and there's not, and that's why it makes him so cool, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a great answer. Great answer. Yeah, I, yeah, that 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 was that was the first one I, I definitely thought of. So um, I know that right now you're you're kind of uh you're a bit of a free agent right now with wrestling what are, what is next for you um in pro wrestling um uh, at this at your at the stage of your life yeah i don't uh i don't know uh yeah there's some really really cool stuff in the works that i can't really talk about uh all right 
If I could, if I could talk about it, I would, but I'll get in a ton of trouble. But <laughs> no, no, we, we don't want that. We're trying to get fans will see me again very, very shortly. Um, yeah, it's just it, you know not not taking time off because I'm beat up, just kind of in between, and uh, it's been really cool. I might set a record this year for most hockey games watched by a human being. Um, <laughs> I it's got to be. I don't. I mean, I've watched 250 to 300 games every year for about a decade. Um, like, uh, you got to just talk about like flying to India and landing and watching the game at five. Like I was in Saudi Arabia well, when I was with the WWE and I, I set my alarm <laughs> yeah. at 30 AM so I could yep. go and do cardio like a psycho in the gym and watch a playoff game. Cause I wasn't going to miss it. So amazing. You yeah, might've been I, the only person there watching, watching NHL hockey, you know, in the oh, you have a, probably the only a, person in a hundred mile radius. And yeah. I, I, that's cool. Do you have a second favorite team? I'm assuming it's Nashville, but it's Nashville. Yeah, 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 it's definitely Nashville. Um, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs is that's my team. I grew up following. Um, yeah. I grew up closer to Detroit, uh, down by Chatham. Um, but I've always been a Maple Leafs fan. Um, like always, like you know, yeah. I, I I can remember in '93, I will fist fight Wayne Gretzky when I ever, <laughs> if I ever meet him for high sticking Doug Gilmore and not getting a penalty in the LA Kings going to the Stanley Cup and getting beaten by Montreal. Yeah, it's crap. You can never convince me that that wasn't a penalty, and it was wasn't a penalty because Wayne Gretzky, still the greatest hockey player of all time. But I will fist fight him, even though he's old. Um, but yeah, Nashville's my team. I do a ton of stuff. We are in the community with the team and know a bunch of the players. And I do their like charity golf tournament, and they take really good care of me. Two of my friends from high school I played hockey with are actually going to be in town tomorrow. We're going to go to the Red Wings game, and oh, it's going to be cool to have buddies that I haven't seen in years and years and. The, the team will take care of us and we'll have good seats and maybe go down and talk to some of the players and it's going to blow their minds. It's uh <laughs> still blows my mind. Wrestling has opened a ton of doors for me and it's uh it's cool. Like I'm sitting you, I mean, without wrestling, I'm not sitting here talking to you, hockey with you guys. Like I'm just some guy. Right. So it's cool. Yeah. So in that, I, I actually had a, another question about the industry. I, which opponent, like in any promotion across the world, dream match, who would you want to face the most or be in a program with the most? Uh, I mean, my, my answer has never changed. It will never happen. But Shawn Michaels, uh, for me, he's – I idolized him. I know I grew up in Canada and it's sacrilegious to choose him <laughs> over Brett. It's true. Uh, but I did. I love Bret Hart too, but Shawn uh, is the best. Um, I did some writing for ESPN, and I'm sure it's out there on the internet somewhere. There's an article – and it was called My Love Letter to the Heartbreak Kid. And uh, it's all about um, my love for him and how he made me want to be a wrestler. And I studied him, like just still do to this day. And then how later in life, how our careers all kind of crisscrossed. And he didn't realize it at the time, but uh, there's a bunch of stuff in the article. If you ever, I mean, it's not, I don't get paid for it, but it's on ESPN somewhere, I'm sure. It's called My My Love Letter to the Heartbreak Kid. And uh I'm going to get emotional and start crying. So I'm going to stop talking about it. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate that. We, I, we honestly, Eric, we want to thank you so much for coming out. Um, you know, we hope it was, we wish it was a better result of a game, but we got a lot to talk about and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Pleasure is mine, man. It's a, it's a really cool thing that you guys do. And I, I've been on Berkshire's thing and very good buddies with Steve and Adam and Jesse. And uh, last time I was in Toronto, they came and watched me wrestle. And That's right. Get, yeah, they were saying that. Get yeah. thrown through a table and all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff. So, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, great guys, and they're doing a really cool thing, man. And and as you guys know, opening tons of doors for for other people in the industry, which is is amazing. And uh, yeah, it's totally. it's uh, really proud of those guys, and it, this is a cool thing you guys got going here. Anytime, oh, we appreciate it. Well, uh, before we go, Eric, if you want to plug your stuff, let us know where we can find you. Yeah, well, wrestling, I'm uh, currently uh, in between, so there's nothing to talk on that front, but I do uh, a really cool hockey show. It'll be, uh, it will be live tomorrow morning, but you could watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on Game Plus Network. Um, it's called um, Dangle Bet Sally on FTN Network. Um, me and Chris Meany, it, it's a definitely gambling base, but it's like a, I call it a hockey psycho's paradise. It's just, we're just talking about hockey, everything hockey. And then there's a ton of, uh, Cool suggestions for betting because, I mean, as you guys know, if you haven't lived under a rock, that uh, sports gambling is taking over the world. <laughs> and uh, we all are just uh, in the eye of the storm and trying to measure it as best we can. My specialty is predicting goal scores because I'm a sucker for punishment and it's the hardest thing to do. So that's my area. But uh, I would say this year I'm probably over 500 for betting on goal scores. So uh, that's not too bad. And like I said, it's uh, – I read and consume hockey like nobody I know. And uh, I love it. It's uh it's, it's my number one passion in life is hockey outside of wrestling. So it's uh it's really cool to be doing that. So if you guys want to check that out, you can don't be scared away by the gambling. It's I don't gamble. I'm a, I'm a very conservative gambler, but uh, I do think I do say what I think will happen. And most of the time I'm right. Well, that's great. Well, on that note, we will sign off. From Game Over Toronto, my name is Fuad Suleiman. My name is Armand Panthiki, and you can find me at Armand Panthiki on Twitter. And Eric, take it away. And I am Eric Young, the Eric Young, or the Eric Young on Instagram. And thanks for watching, guys. Boom! Take care, everybody. Game Over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.